Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Today is Wednesday, August the 17th, 2022, and we are continuing our study of the big book in the chapter, There is a Solution. We're on page 22, the third paragraph. Perhaps there will never be a full answer ending with, we cannot answer the riddle, and we'll be sharing on that one paragraph only. Today's readers are The Twelve Steps, Kelly I, The Twelve Traditions, Kathy M, and readers of the text, Dara L, Heidi B, and Christina L. The reference numbers for yesterday, Tuesday, August the 16th, the 7 a.m. meeting, 19299 and the 10 a.m. meeting 19300. OA Preamble Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Kelly I to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning. This is Kelly I in Indiana, compulsive overeater. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service, and I pass. Thank you, Kelly I. And Kathy M., 
Could you please read the 12 traditions for us? Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. Thank you. This is Kathy M. from Michigan, recovered one day at a time. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop compulsive eating behaviors and compulsively eating. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the alcohol, to the compulsive eater who still suffers. Six, an OA group might never ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and film. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to be of service and have a wonderful day. Thank you, Kathy M. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book. We're in the chapter, there is a solution, page 22, third paragraph. Perhaps it will never be a full answer, ending with, we cannot answer the riddle, and we'll be sharing on that one paragraph only. Dara L., could you get us started, please? Yeah, great. Thanks so much for your service. I'm Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in Philadelphia. Perhaps there never will be a full answer to these questions. Opinions vary considerably as to why the alcoholic reacts differently from normal people. We are not sure why, once a certain point is reached, little can be done for him. We cannot answer the riddle. Um, and so, you know, the 
what they're talking about, the like not being able to fully answer these questions or the questions in the paragraph before, like, why do I do the things that I do with food? Why do I, you know, um, restrict, binge, purge, starve, over-exercise, eat certain things, be unable to stop, all of that? And, you know, I, what occurred to me when I read that last sentence, we cannot answer the riddle, is I think the solving of riddles is supposed to be fun. Um, and for me, trying to set out to solve the question of why when it came to my food problem was never fun. It was demoralizing. It was painful. It was um, really excruciating. I mean, the things I did with food and for food um, were pretty, like, shame-based, you know, I mean, uh, like, there's nothing sexy about bulimia, and um, and I was thinking today about how, in some ways, I feel very, very grateful, because I never thought that what I did with food, like, made any sort of sense, and so I never tried to make sense of it, like, I knew when I was spending $300 a day on food, binging and purging 12 times a day, you know, throwing up blood, um, living in filth, like, I knew that none of that was normal and I, and I knew that there would not be an answer to to my why. I think what's taken me a lot longer to give up trying to figure out is why the peculiar mental twist. Like the allergy of the body always intuitively made sense to me. I understood that I got hijacked by specific substances and behaviors, but when it came to like thinking that I could control my mind, so that I would not go back to this disease. Um, I can't tell you all how many times I would wake up in the morning and be like, how did that happen? What did I do? Like, what what led to that? Like, I, I don't understand. And just being so baffled and like being able to figure out a lot of other things in life. I consider myself to be a pretty smart person and like innovative and resourceful often to my own detriment. But like I could not figure out why after a time, you know, I'd put down food for a day, a week, a month, a minute, a year, whatever it was. And like suddenly I would find myself back and it didn't matter what the consequences, it didn't matter what the reasons to stay stopped. Like I could have nothing that I wanted and do it. I could have everything that I wanted and do it. And I just could not figure out why the peculiar mental twist and the efforts to try to figure that out um, for me were painful and demoralizing and made me feel so bankrupt on the inside. And I'm so grateful that in our program, we get to come here and no one really, you know, why is an irrelevant question. We, we focus on the what, you know, do you have the allergy of the body, the obsession of the mind? And then we get to focus on how, like, how do I find a relationship with God that arrests those cravings and frees me one day at a time um, so that I no longer want to eat in a suicidal way and I no longer live in a homicidal way. So anyways, with that, I'll pass, but really grateful to be here. Thanks so much. Thank you, Dara L. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared Monday or Tuesday, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Christina J. Suze S. from New Jersey. Melissa C. Okay, let me tell you who I heard. Christina J. 
somebody from New Jersey and Melissa C. Who's the missing person, please? Okay, thank you, Suze S. Is there anyone else who'd like to share this morning? All righty, let's start with that lineup. We have Christina J., Suze S., and Melissa C. Christina, could you start us off, please? Yes, Lynn, thank you for your service. Christina J. from the state of North Carolina. I don't wonder anymore. I got the answers. I was in dis-ease, uncomfortableness all my life. It started as I shot out of the womb, immediately into disease. I had the warmth and comfort of my mother's arms, but everything else was effing chaos. From the day I was born till the day I left home in a rush to get the hell out of the chaos. Today, the chaos continues with my mother and brother. Their life is a constant drama. I have pulled away from it because I can't deal with it. I love them. I care for them. But I have to have program to keep me sane. And I've got to wrap my my life around this program, these 12 steps. I wondered for years why. But I was on a hunt for an answer, and I was going to find it. I did every research. I listened to every scientific article. I experimented with every supplement that would change my brain chemistry. I did everything else everybody did with diets, almost everything, and I didn't get an answer. I have an allergy to certain foods and drinks and substances. I know that. If I take any of those, the disease, the disease, it lies to me and says that those things are going to come from me, but they don't. The disease in my mind and my body happens every day. I get uncomfortable with things. But I, today I don't turn to the food because I do, have not triggered the allergy with my substances. I have neutrality today. Last week when I shared, I didn't. I had gotten into coffee again. Coffee is an allergic gateway substance for me, and it drove me insane. It made me have cravings I hadn't had in two years. That's just my story. I know now not to touch that or I will get uncomfortable and the allergy will be triggered. I eat healthy so that I can keep that allergy at bay. Now, that's just, I don't mean healthy for everybody, but I eat according to what I need healthy. So I have an answer today, and it's in this book. If I want to handle the dis-ease of life, I follow the steps. I make the calls. I sponsor. I pray. I meditate. I write. I do what it takes. Do my 10 steps and 11 steps. But if I don't do that, And I get a big ego, and I wander off into the desert somewhere with myself, feeling all puffed up. Oh, I can handle the heat of this disease. No, I can't handle my life. That's what I've learned. I never learned how to handle life. But I got a program today that teaches me that. I did spiritual retreat after spiritual retreat. None of that gave me the tools. This book gave me the tools. If you're out there and you're wondering why you have this, this book's going to have the answers for you. I don't want to walk in dis-ease, and I got a way to handle that every day today. There's no mystery to my disease anymore. There's no riddle. It's right here in this book, The Answers for Me. Um, I know why I picked up, and I know why I don't have to pick up today because I have a program that helps me and helps me walk this life. 
time, so thank please. You for and I pass. Thank you, Christina J. Suze S. It's your turn, followed by Melissa C. Hi. Good morning, Suze. Hey, good morning. Thank you for your service. Thank you for allowing me to speak. Um, I I'm standing here wondering what happened. I guess my my poor sponsor got really busy last night or something happened and I I need to pray for her. Um she's wonderful and we were supposed to have a meeting last night. Um I uh I don't know what I could do without this program. Um my mind is always asking why 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 why. And you know, I could look at I'm part Native American, and we can't deal with sugar, the sugar that's in this this processed sugar that that we have here in the United States. Um, it's not indigenous to us. Um, there's lots of reasons, but it doesn't. The obsession of the mind grabbed me, and held me, and held me, and held me, and the only person that can take my mind and gently rubbing it, it so that the grasp ungrasped is my higher power and that's it I'm just turning everything over and um, I'm going through a lot right now uh, my sister was diagnosed with a progressive version of breast cancer um, my partner I'm, I'm a month out of having a former partner he broke up with me after two and a half years and this is my program. This is knowing that higher power can help me with this and also springboards into the thought that higher power, the good thought, not the obsessive thought, the good thought that higher power can help me with all the other challenges in my life from being abstinent every day to dealing with my feelings in a good way, not shoving them down. And um, this is all, 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 all through this program, through a 12-step program that puts higher power first in my life. So I thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Suze S. Melissa C., good morning. Hey, good morning, Lynn. Thanks so much for your service this morning. My name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered computer in New York. And, you know, um, it's an unanswerable riddle, and um, and it's like even if I could answer this riddle and determine the cause, um, something you know, like even if I could pinpoint something from my past or this thing, this event, or something physiological that forced you know that formed me to be this way, the kind of person who eats when life is going fabulous, right? I pull the structure down around me. And I eat when things stink. Um, even if I could identify what what happened, unless I'm going to go back in a time machine, like it's kind of pointless to spend a lot of time on it. And I think, you know, and I look at it too, I think it's really interesting how I never search for the whys when things are going according to the plans that I like. I never ask why. Like why do I, you know, why do I get to – live in this house and why did I get you know uh, whatever the things I like I never I never look for the why and I think um you know a huge shift for me was when I went from like the why 
to the why not. Um, and now, like, what I see is that I was looking at this disease with a very immature lens at, at, as though, though it was a curse, you know, and why went from why not to, like, it just is. And somewhere it actually, I came to actually embrace this fact about myself. Like, I, you know, I, I'm one of those people that says, yeah, I'm really grateful that I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm really grateful that I have this thing. And, and I'll tell you, like, here's why. Because if I didn't have this problem with food, I am pretty certain that I would have walked the rest of my life without a hungering and a searching and a need for God. And that's what this disease gave me. It gave me like a hunger for something powerful. And so what happened for me was that when life gave me problems, like life, by the way, is guaranteed to do, um, I had an absolute certainty that God was in my heart. And I had this unshakable power source and a way of life with structure and purpose and meaning and true friends and fellows who kept me in the light. And so um, I'm not I'm not searching for riddles today. I'm actually like, I don't feel shame or embarrassment or I don't cringe. You know, we don't regret the past or wish to shut the door in it. I'm pretty happy I have this thing. Um, because why else would I be on the line with hundreds of people first thing in the morning um, with purpose and a direction and a way to begin my day? And with that, I'm grateful, and I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Melissa C. For those of us who might have come on the line a little bit later, we're continuing our study of the big book and the chapter, There is a Solution. We're on page 22, the third paragraph. Perhaps there will never be a full answer. And the line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared Monday or Tuesday, please step back and let others have their turn. And please, say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Ken W H. Thank you. If we could stop just there for a moment, because I I think this is who I think I did hear. I heard Nessa R. I heard Ken W H. And that's about it. Who else put their name forward, please? Jim S. In Toledo. Larry K. Judith S. P. Okay, thank you. I'll tell you again who I heard, and you can tell me who I missed. Nessa R., Ken W.H., Jim S., Larry K., and Judith S. P. Did I miss anyone? Susan. Okay, great. Let's go with that lineup. Nessa R., could you start us off, please? Hi, good morning. This is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. You know, hypothetically, let's say that I, I can come up with an answer and even a satisfactory answer, an answer that really, really makes sense. Um, so what? What will that answer give me? Nothing. Because the answer 
will not change what I have to do. Um, you know, it's like, okay, great, I have a reason. And then what? Do nothing. Um, but that is not the bigger issue with, with, um, with the riddle. The riddle is um, self-pity, really. Because when I ask myself why, in any situation, why is this not happening? Why did this happen? Why are things like this? Why couldn't I get my way? Why did I do everything right and I got everything wrong? You know, which eventually it ends up with why me? Why me, why me, why me? And that's so pity and that only leads me to the fridge. And so, um, you know, I learned that the most important question, more important than why, because why is not important at all, is what? What do I have to do? This is what the big book tells me. What do I have to do? This is where the recovery is. When I stop asking why and I start asking what, that's when I'm ready um, to work for recovery. That's when I'm ready to do what I need to do. That's what makes me willing to do what I need to do. Uh, when I stop asking what, um, the whole ball game changed. And, um, you know, I always, I always say the same thing. You know, answers are great, but they don't change what I have to do. In a way, an answer actually could be destructive because, oh, okay, so that's the answer. And then I stop caring. And then I stop caring and then I don't have to do anything about it because I know why, why I'm like this or why things don't go this way, you know, and I can just, you know, seek refuge in that answer and say, okay, there's nothing I can do because that's the answer. That's the answer. Um, and, you know, in a way it can be even more destructive. So um, I stopped looking for the answer and I started following the instructions. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. Ken WH, it's your turn, followed by Jim S. Good morning, Ken. Thank you so much. This is Ken WH, Recover Compulsive Overeater from North Carolina. Um, I'm struck by a couple um, phrases in, in this reading. Um, perhaps there never will be a full answer. Well, uh, I may never experience it in this life, but there is a full answer, and it lies in the mind and heart of God as far as I'm concerned. And uh, that's all that matters. <laughs> that's the best place for it. Because um, there are a lot of opinions, like it says, opinions vary considerably as to uh, why um, I react differently than uh, other folk. Uh, I notice it says normal people. Well, I don't know what a normal people is. Um, and um, I think I wanted to be normal all my life and, and, and never felt it, never felt so-called normal, um, but that's not the point either, um, because <laughs> normal is a, a very subjective uh, concept. Um, I thought myself to be abnormal, that there was something wrong with me most of my life, and um, I know today that's not true. I react abnormally, I react differently than other people uh, because I have an allergy in the body and an obsession of the mind. I have a disease. Um, that doesn't make me an abnormal person. 
Um, I lived with that all my life, and it was so painful, so painful. I am coming to terms with the reality today that in God's eyes, I'm as normal as anybody else. Um, I'm just... I'm just a child of God, and and God loves me enough um, to let me make mistakes, but also to let me grow and uh, be as uh, so-called normal as uh, God has in mind for me to be. That's all I have. Thanks. Thank you, Ken W.H. Jim S., it's your turn, followed by Larry K. Welcome, Jim. Yeah, this is Jim S. in Toledo, Ohio. Um, I'm sitting here thinking about my experience with alcohol. Um, I grew, I, I started drinking when I should have been working on myself. And uh, that took me until I had a blackout. I crossed a line and there's no going back. Um, so I've had to get sober um, and be abstinent and be happy with that. And I'm at that state. But food, I crossed a line when I was a young boy into having food to comfort me in place of what God could give me to comfort myself. And I got very abusive with this to the point where I came into OA wondering why I was using food like a drug. That's what I was doing. And um, I'm still struggling to be abstinent. I have, um, I believe that all foods are permissible, but not all foods are beneficial. And um, I don't think there's a particular food that um, is unlawful for me. But um, I know with the help of my God that I can discern what's right and what's wrong, what's good and what's bad. And so I'm so happy that I'm at this place in my life where I'm content to be a compulsive overeater. And I know that God will instruct me and teach me in the way I should go. And I'll recover. So uh, I'm, I'm getting there day by day. And I'm, I'm so grateful for these meetings and for the people in it. And thanks. Thanks to God for, this 12-step program, and I'll pass with that. Thank you. Thank you, Jim S. Larry K., it's your turn, followed by Judith S.P. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Lynn. Thanks so much for your service. I'm Larry K., a recovered compulsive overeater, and I'm from uh, the Chicago area. And, you know, I have this mental obsession and for someone like me that suffers from this disease, this, this alcoholism, this, um, this compulsive eating addiction, it's, it's as natural as breathing, this, this obsession. You know, I can hold my breath for a time, but inevitably my body is going to make me breathe. 
right? And we may not be able to stop using food, you know, right away, but eventually, you know, we've all been on diets, we can put it down. But seemingly, no matter how long that I put the food down, you know, at some point, no matter what I do, no matter what I understand about my childhood, no matter what I understand about the various traumas that I've, that I've dealt with, you know, the reality is, is that because I have this obsession, I'm going to pick up food another time. And the idea of a mental twist is rooted in this obsession. And I accept that I have the obsession. I'm convinced 100% that I have this obsession. And the only way the obsession is going to be eradicated is by having something called a spiritual transformation, spiritual awakening. And I was told as a result of working these steps, as only a human being can, I can never work them perfectly. Sure, I could put my food down for a time, and I need to when I embark on these steps. But inevitably, again, back to the holding the breath underwater. So I need, there's kind of a race for time that I have to move through the steps. And then, of course, for a lifetime, I will experience changes that will give me sort of a spiritual confidence that I can remain on this beam, on this journey. You know, so for me, you know, asking why, well, the logic we picked up from our parents and our teachers, you know, why didn't you eat your vegetables? Why didn't you get better grades? You know, of course we we, we, we look for the counter arguments, you know, and, um, and so we learn to ask why. Really, it's how, how am I going to get better? What do I need to do to get better? Who, who's, who's, who's done this? Tell me what I need to do. Guide me. And if we're guided through this process and we experientially see that the obsession is lifted, as long as we remain on this beam, we're brought in alignment with the higher power of our own understanding. We can live this way of life. It's the most miraculous way of life that I'm, that I'm aware of. It's the greatest miracle. I was there for my birth of my daughter. That was a miracle. This, this is a big miracle for this obsession to be lifted, to have this relationship with God. Thanks, uh, Lynn. With that, I pass. Thank you, Larry Kay. Judith S.P., it's your turn, followed by Susan. Please go ahead, Judith. Hi, this is Judith S.P. in Maryland. Thank you for your service, Lynette, and uh, thank you, everyone, for being here and for the shares that have come before me. It just amazes me. It truly does that we're reading one little paragraph, maybe five, six lines here, and my mind and my thinking can just take off in so many different directions. So... Um, I hope I can be concise here. Uh, Riddle is something that's very mystifying, misleading, and uh, poses a question uh, where there really is no answer because riddles can be, um, the answers to riddles, if there are answers, comes from different people's perceptions. The one thing I do know, there is a full answer. There is a full answer, and the answer is higher power. And before I came into these rooms, I looked my whole life for answers, not necessarily for riddles, answers to riddles, because riddles to me was a little bit um, intellectually above my grade. And, uh, you know, it was basically simple. Why is the sky blue? Why did I grow up in Brooklyn? Why is my hair not straight? Blah, blah, blah. And... uh, but then it got deeper. 
why do I hide? Why do I eat? Why do I feel fat? Why does my mother yell at me when I spilled the milk and all this stuff? And I searched and searched, as many have said, diets, spiritual retreats, gurus, uh, you know, this thing, that thing, never worked. When I came into these rooms and started hearing, the answer is trust and surrender and acceptance to a higher power. It sounded pretty, it resonated. It didn't sound pretty. It resonated. And every morning I get on my knees after I do my two-way prayer with God and I affirm to myself, this is where the answer is for me. I look at the past on 10 steps, 4 steps, and as it said in our program, you know, look at the past, but get out of Dodge after you look. Don't stare. You know, the past is over. I'm living in the present moment. And for me, hearing people say consistently, the answer is in the higher power, is like a choir singing at the most beautiful pitch. Because before program, I would think something like that, but it got shot down by the opinions of other people. And even to this day, when I more authentically and naturally trust in my higher power and have my higher power give me the words to say, some people look at me like, hmm, I don't know about this gal. But it doesn't matter anymore because I'm protected. I protect my abstinence. I protect my recovery. And I am just grateful to all of you for being here and ultimately my higher power. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Judith S.P. Susan, it's your turn, followed by Russ M. And could we have the initial of your last name, please, Susan? This is Susan S. In Louisiana. Please go ahead. Press star one to unmute, Susan. Thank you. Ours is not to reason why. Ours is but to do or die. Ours is not to reason why. Ours. Ego. Self. Selfishness, self-centeredness, absence of God. Ours is but to do or die. If I don't do what's suggested, get abstinent, work the steps, conscious contact with God on a daily basis, use the tools, then I will die. So 13 little words that sum up my program, and in my experience, once I surrender the why, my higher power eventually is going to tell me the answer. And one little example, why did I get irritated when I accepted someone as a sponsor? Work the steps, let it go, walking yesterday, and God said, you're irritated because you're having to give up your time. Your time for your other addiction, television. The light bulb went off and went and worked the steps again, having a better day. Had a great day yesterday and a better day today. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Susan S. 
And Russ M., it's your turn. Good morning, Russ. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning, family. Russ M., Recover Compulsive Overeater in Norristown, PA. Um, so we're pounding why there, right? When, when we read this paragraph about you can't figure out why. You know, I, I walk, I'm walking on the train tracks. There's an oncoming train. I'm not getting off, but I'm going to be okay. You know, I'm going to be okay. So much time, like, I'm sure everybody else is going through this. You know, the paralysis by analysis, right? I, I, I got to figure out why I'm doing this. How come I'm, I, uh, it, you know, it hit me just driving today, listening to the shares, and really, you know, God spoke to my heart. All that was malarkey. It was all crap trying to figure it out. Well, it was my pride and my ego trying to figure it out so I didn't have to do anything. So I could fix it. Like, you know, I'm going to, I'm a chiropractor and I'm going to go fix my cabinets for $40. And then when it's done, it costs me five grand, right? It's something I don't know. It's my pride and ego. I want to control. I don't know why. This is the way I'm built. I'm crazy about food. I, I'm emotional about life. And I, sometimes I can't even screw in a Phillips head screwdriver, screw. It's the way I'm built. So until I was beat up, to, to, until and look, I was exasperated. I felt like I was getting choked out. That's the only way I could have moved. The only way I would have been humbled. I had to be humiliated to be humbled. And I ain't got to figure this out no more. I'm done with that. I'm done with all that mess, that craziness. Yet if I don't do the tenth step, I don't work with my sponsors. I'm not on this meeting. I'm not. I don't do service. I don't live this way of life. If I don't live this way, like, oh, yeah, the, those thoughts creep in. Not about food. Not about I'm trying to get a slice of pizza. Hmm. No, about why, why, uh, no, why is this happening? How come I, no, I can't do that. It's got to be total, total surrender to God. And it's work. Sometimes the pain in my rear end. But I wouldn't have this life. I wouldn't, I, dude, I, 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 just to be on this line, pay for this phone, to be in an office. Working, going through the grace of God and this program, and I had to be humiliated to be able to accept help. So sorry I went on. That's what this that provoked me, man. They're just reading this chapter. I mean, this by paragraph. You all have a beautiful day. Love you. Thank you, Russ M. We have time for two or three more shares. Who would like that time, please? Okay, let me tell you who I heard. Somebody, H, and Leah S. It's Freya with an F. F-R-A-Y-A, Freya, Freya H. Leah S. Anyone else, please? Laura B. Great. Thank you very much. Okay, Freya H., it's your turn, followed by Leah S. Welcome, Freya. Thank you. Good morning. This is Freya H., Recovered Compulsive Eater and Bulimic in Colorado. And for the record, it's F-R-E-Y-A, but close enough. Um, Thanks, everyone, for your shares. And I'm hearing, you know, just hearing so much good stuff. And what comes to mind for me in this paragraph is the humility you know, the authors of this book are saying 
we this is beyond our pay grade. This is out beyond the scope of this book. And and just very humbly stating that we don't know. You know, they're not they're not um trying to trying to look good or bluster or, you know, pretend they're not trying to avoid the fact that, you know, that that's not what we're focused on here. And and just that simple humility of we just we can't answer it and, and we're not gonna try. Instead we're gonna focus our attention on what we do know, which is what they go into next, which is what we're gonna show you what we what we've done. You know, this is our experience. This was, you know, what it was like. This is what happened. This is what it's like now. And if you want what we have, go ahead and pick it up. But they're not trying to um, pretend to be what they're not. And they're not trying to force anyone to do anything. And I just want to say that as a human, it's normal to want to know why. You know, I, I want to understand things. It gives me a sense of security. It gives me this illusion of 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 control. And so it's okay if I want to ask why. But today, when I have that question, I get to take it right to my higher power. And I get to take it to my higher power as if I'm a child going to a, a very loving and kind parent or caregiver. And then the answer that my higher power gives me is always very kind and loving and compassionate and and steers me in the direction of, you know, maybe it's not useful. You know, like my higher power will will respond saying, oh, sweetie, I know you want to know why, and it's just not going to help right now, just in the most loving, compassionate way. So I just wanted to say that for anyone who is feeling, you know, I don't think it's bad to want to know why. I think it's just part of who we are as humans, and and we can lovingly, compassionately say to ourselves, it's okay that you want to know why, and let's focus our attention on what, you know, what we need to do, what's actually going to be useful and make a difference in our life. So thanks for the opportunity to share. I'll pass. Thank you, Freya H. Leah S., it's your turn, followed by Laura. Good morning, Leah. Thank you so much. Good morning, everyone. My name is Leah S., and um, presently in upstate New York. This is This is absolutely such an important paragraph such an important paragraph. First of all, I got my recovery, and most of the people that I know, I got my recovery from compulsive eating through the big book and these 12 steps and these meetings, definitely. And most of the people that I know got their recovery from this big book. And this is where I couldn't understand, and I had to reach step one. Before I get to step one, I was so rebellious. I was so questionable. I was so, I was in in that horrible space of, you know, there's no solution to my problem, and 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 then there is a solution, and my problem is my food, and my answer is my food, and what am I going to do about this? You know, the big book does talk about this on page 39. It does say that, you know, my body and my brain is really damaged, damaged, and I don't know anything about uh, self-knowledge, you know, how to do these things. It has to be smashed upon me. I am an alcoholic. I am Leia. I need my eyeglasses in order to see better. I can't question how the intricacies of my body is working, 
but I accept it, and I accept I am a compulsive overreader. That is step one. And then just continue along those steps. Don't philosophize about how your life is going to be because it's going to surprise you in so many ways that you're going to be surprised at, oh, my goodness, did I really like this? And, oh, my goodness, this is so beautiful. And now I know the difference between the and the false. Oh, my God, this program is just incredible. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Leah S. And, Laura, it's your turn. And if we could have the initial of your last name, please, Laura. Sure. It's Laura B. Um, I am a compulsive overeater. Um, this is like my fourth meeting, so I, I don't know the proper uh, – I'm trying to, but I, I don't know the proper um, introduction um, – and just, I guess what I wanted to say today was, um, this is, I think, my fourth meeting, and I think it feels like all four meetings have talked about why. Um, so I think <laughs> um, I'm just picking up that the reason for the why really isn't important, and if I can try to avoid considering that, um, I think I will be much better off and much um, more able to heal, and um, I guess that's all I wanted to say today, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Laura B. Is there anyone else who would like to have our last share this morning? Sally A. Lisa B. T. Okay. okay, sorry, I'm going to go with Lisa B. T. It's the only name I heard. Please go ahead, Lisa. Hi, thank you. Um, thank you for your service, and thank you to all who are on this meeting who allow me to have this experience this morning. I'm extremely grateful. My name is Lisa. I am from Guelph, Ontario, near Toronto, and I am a gratefully recovered um, compulsive overeater. Um, I'm listening to this, and I, I'm really just, as usual, um, just so much swirls through my mind, and I, and I learn so much from hearing everybody else. And what was really apparent to me about the why, um, which is really, yes, the definition of my um, mental activity from a very young age, why, 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 um, and usually with a fair bit of resentment as well about um, why things were the way that I didn't want them to be um, and the incomprehensibility of, of my higher power. Um, but the thing that I learned about myself in terms of defective character when I started um, this 12-step journey was how deeply, um, how deep my defects of character are. And one of them is sneakiness. Um, I was always very sneaky about the food, for example. Um, and I would have told you before program that I was very honest. If I saw a wallet on the street, I would bring it to the police station. Like, I'm really honest and upstanding. And I didn't know the degree to which there was really a very profound, to say the only word that really makes sense to me is just sneakiness. And so I think for me, listening to everybody this morning, um, I thought for a long time that if I accepted step one and two and three, um, that then I'd get my answer to why. I, so I don't know why, 
but if I surrender, then my higher power will tell me why. And I'm seeing now to what to my ins and outs of program, my inability to really, I never left, but I could never really stick, is that I think it's the, uh, to my abstinence, I think that underneath it is because I was expecting that, okay, yeah, I'll agree to this, and, and then you're going to give me the answer, right? Um, and I'm finally, finally coming to understand that that is not how it works. That's not the deal. Um, but for a long time, I held on to that, uh, I think, just below of consciousness. But I'm very grateful that I can see it more clearly today. Um, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa B.T. Thank you to everyone who shared, and thank you to Team Wednesday. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, Wednesday, August the 17th, the 7 a.m. meeting, is 19302. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Heidi B. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, Heidi B. from New York. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand, abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.